What's up, all you writers out there in writer world? This is Dwayne Worrell, the better half of the Writer's Roulette duo. I'm recording this here in Beijing, China right now, and um, I'm unable to join Carnell this week for the podcast. Uh, Work takes me overseas. I'm currently writing and working on a script that will be filmed here in China. Um... A a film that I can't really talk too much about right now, but in the coming months, I will be able to release a little more information therein. So, Carnell has a great show for you guys this week. I am definitely excited to hear more about it and what goes on um, therein. So, without further ado, let's start the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Writer's Roulette. That's the podcast, if you did not know. But I am your host, Carnell Holly, and we're we, we already trying to get some things together. You already listened to Dwayne and his spill and his his uh, good fortune, and I am I am so proud of that guy. I'm glad that we're, we're going on to these different projects bigger and better things um but as far as the show the show is always going to go on and for this episode i have a special guest he is a he is a friend of mine i am glad that he took time out to come and do his thing spread his knowledge jason grant uh please Please introduce yourself. Let people know who you are, what you represent, what you bring to the table, and all that jazz. All right. So my name is M. Jason Graham, and I am a narrative designer. And among the many things that I do, uh, I am the head of narrative development for Upiri LLC. Uh, They're a literary company that focuses on character development and storytelling. And you could say that I am the Kevin Feige of the Upiri universe, as we call it. If Kevin Feige, on top of handling coordination for narration for film, also handled the coordination for comic books and other literary works, as well as uh, coordination for all of the other products. So I am very happy to be here. Thank you very much, Carnell, for inviting me. And... um, yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of stories and storytelling, so uh I guess whenever you're ready. Okay. Now we okay, um if you haven't you can see him because I've actually interviewed him in, in case you missed that that video on on Halo Union's YouTube channel. Uh we were at Momocon. Yep. Um uh, but that is not where we met. Where did how did how did we meet? We gotta, we gotta put that out there because it's not just like, oh, he's my friend and and this and that and 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 now we're here. Oh my goodness, um, we've known each other for like pretty much since I got here to Georgia. I think um, the first time that we met was at a Get Connected event. I think that was the first time we didn't know each other, but that was the first time that we met. And then you did some, um, we did some work on. You did some work on a series that I knew about. Okay. I was looking at. 
but I, I can't remember the exact time. The first time that we actually got a chance to kind of work together and interact was when I was putting together a um, a writing room for Yupiri when I was first building that universe. Okay, real quick. Um, the get connected with, and Lonnie was with with you. Yes. Okay. Yes. I don't. I I, I yes. vaguely remember that. I was yeah. like, oh wait. Okay. Yeah. I was like, it was yeah. that get connected. Yeah. Okay. And then, what do you remember? Like, I I, rem- I remember at the get connected. No, no. I mean, when when was the first time that you? I I'm registered because you I'm, know you meet people. But yeah, I really I remember them, us getting to the to the writers' room. That's 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 where it, it really took off. But I think okay, so I, I I forgive me. I vaguely remember. I think it was at Get Connected. It was after the screening of the episode, and right. then I think Lonnie came up, and then I and he introduced us. Yep, and that's how, okay. All right, all right. Because I'm just like waiting. I'm just like, like we we did meet, okay? Because it wasn't just a like, oh, I'm in the writers' room, and because there was some familiarity prior to. Okay. No, but I like I looked you up and I saw you know all the Black Panther stuff and mm-hmm. all of the cosplay stuff and the films and stuff that you were doing, um, independent film stuff that you were doing. So, um, that we had discussed the whole concept of world building mm. and the kind of episodic or serial storytelling um, and how and how everybody wanted to to do that because everybody was building their own projects and stuff. So, And that, that was the thing that I brought to the table with you, Pyre, was the ability to create an expanded world. Mm. Everybody talks about, you know, they want to do a series, but... Um, there isn't anybody talking about how you do that. Um, and then looking at it from the standpoint of what is the medium that you are, are looking at doing this in. Uh, people look at me, tend to look at medium first because that's what we see commercially. But the, the important thing, and it's always the most important thing as far as I'm concerned, is the story. Like you figure out what the story is of the world and then you decide what medium you want to put it in. Right. Okay. Because as far as, because like there, there's certain things where like, I remember, um, um, you know, okay. Comic book writers and comic book writers, they, who, who, uh, excel in that medium, but then have to write a script for either a, a TV series or a movie. The the transitioning isn't as, as smooth as people those might are, think. Those are two completely different mediums. Mm. And therefore, even though they both have scripts, the focuses of those scripts are, are different. Like you may, you may have uh, a film script. A film script may look similar, closer to a television script, but then a comic book script is something else because a comic book script has to have the different panels right. that are in it. The concepts may be similar, but when, for instance, when you're looking at a comic book, you only get so many frames. With a television series and a film, you get multiple frames to kind of show things happening. So both of those scripts have to reflect those different elements. It's not easy to go from, from one to the other. Yeah, it's true. Um, and and I and I and I can I can um, I have some idea of that for for one because I was in the writers' room with you and receiving the knowledge. And then 
and then <laughs> when we met back up at MomoCon this past uh, this past year, in which are you are you going back to MomoCon this year? I have not received. I have um, I have applied to mm-hmm. do another workshop. I have not received. Uh, I haven't heard anything not back from them. I'm, I'm expecting to hear from them either this month or next month. Uh, but this year, I'm planning to talk about how to construct a proper antagonist. And, for your hero. and and then all of a sudden I, I go straight to Killmonger <laughs> on that one. Um that's good stuff. Um, um okay. Um uh, just because uh, I'm I'm thinking about your company because when real quick at, at Momocon and, story creation. And you and you were you had a, a workshop at MomoCon, and it was basically a refreshers course for me because we we recorded everything in there, um, which was which was hot. Now, the conversation that we had that that really made me was like like he 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 knows his stuff. We we I know that, um, and. The the thing was was the uh, I, I keep forgetting how you how you how you phrase it. It's not the trilogy, but the oh the quadrilogy. Quadrilogy. Yeah. There we go. That's my own. That's my own term. I need to trademark it. Yes. Yes. Else. But uh, you, you you're hearing it first. <laughs> or, on... <laughs> so everybody thinks about stories kind of in this. We've been doing trilogies of stories in film and film and television for the last sixty years or so. Um, the the most famous of course trilogy that that I think of when I think about trilogies is of course the Star Wars mm. saga the first set but I'm um, during the course of of my working with people and the story and everything it really is the the beats and the arcs of a character's transition emotional transition and growth it happens in fours it's it's an even thing so that's the what I brought to my um, process was dividing it into four instead of dividing it in, into three, and, and it also helps to 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 keep the story to make the story just long enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and I heard the Russo brothers say this, and I'm so upset about it. But they're like they you know they've they've completely given themselves over to a movie has to be two hours. It can't be under two hours if it's going to be a really good movie. I don't think so. I think that if if a film is over ninety minutes, then you have there's there's either too much material that you are trying to fit in um, to that shorter span, or you have too much fluff. So you either have enough material for two movies, for instance, or you have too much. You have a lot of extraneous material in one movie time frame. So you need to, to pick a lane. Um, there's no reason, as far as I'm concerned, for a film to be over 90 minutes. Period. Mm, mm. I, I'm, I'm smiling over here because <laughs> this this has nothing to do with the, the fluff. This is another another tangent, just real short. Um, somebody had she posted a, a a a peanut butter sandwich with with fluff on it i've never had the fortune oh, wow. of having fluff <laughs> uh, but i was just like yeah you know i like like i had my my slice of bread and i carefully placed my marshmallows put in the microwave and then pair it with the peanut butter slice and and this and that and which i would like to have one later but i don't have any marshmallow. marshmallows 
But, needless to say, the... Also to say, just piggyback... Okay, okay. It's it's the equivalent of having a peanut butter and jelly sandwich with fluff also on it. Oh, wow. That, that, okay. That's a little bit... Okay, now I get that. You don't, you don't need the fluff. You 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 don't. Peanut butter and jelly. You gotta pick one or the other. Right. (laughs) <laughs> there's no there's no I, reason to have if fluff. if if the jelly was chocolate that would be different but but it, then it wouldn't be jelly no 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 if the jelly if the jelly was was the melted chocolate like like on some oh no wait no yes because i was about to say nutella because the nutella would take the place of the peanut butter but peanut butter chocolate and a marshmallow boom so why not have just s'mores then yeah, I just thought about that as I said it, but I'm just like, like, I mean, you wouldn't add peanut butter to s'mores, but then you you're taking the the bread away and then adding because it's just Crunch a shift. And I was gonna, add, I don't know if this is the 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 segue, but you you did mention about shifts because uh-huh. that, like you had me thinking about the emotional uh, changes. Is that what you mentioned before to me about shifting? Yeah. So I call. Emotional, and these are these are mostly my terms that I mm-hmm. came up with. Okay, because I'm just right. like like yeah, like this is I don't recall. yeah. I mean, everybody uh, writers have their own ways of expressing things because mm-hmm. we're writers. You know, we words we kind of we twist them to our end. That's what same is part thing of with writer. fitness. It's the right. same exercise, just a different name. Different name, right? And um, so for me, a shift is an event that occurs in a character's life. That they don't have, they don't, they have neither the resources to deal with mm-hmm. or the life experience to deal with. So it causes them to have to change the way that they view the world in order to overcome mm. that event. So that's that's my definition of a shift. And so every story has a shift in it. Like every story is a shift. Every story is is a is is a character having to deal with some new element in their life that they're trying to overcome. That's okay. why I call it a shift. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha. So to 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 put things in perspective, like um as far as episodic versus serial, mm-hmm. how how does uh, what's what's the difference? Okay, so we're used to hearing and again, terminology is interchangeable. But we're we're used to um, programming being per episode. So right. if you have a show like Black Light, like any show, Friends, mm-hmm. Black Lightning, um, Iron Fist, those are called episodes. Each one of the individual stories, we refer to them as episodes. But episodic storytelling versus serial storytelling, those are two different things. Episodic storytelling is everything kind of happening within the episode. So basically, the character starts off one way. There's an event that occurs that causes the character, a shift that occurs that causes the character to have to rethink the way that they do things. But by the end of the episode, the character goes back to who they were at the beginning of the episode. So when you think about that, think about sitcoms. Right. Um, Like Family Guy. You know, regardless of what crazy thing happens in that episode to the Mm -hmm. characters in that episode... Either by the end of the episode or by the beginning of the next episode, all of them are reset. Okay. Serial storytelling is everything that happens to the character in within the episode affects that character from future episodes. 
in future episodes. So if a character loses their mom or if they lose an arm or <laughs> if they get arrested, all of those experiences carry into future episodes and affect how the character responds to the events that occur in future episodes. Um, the three main things that, um, the three differences that I find are area of effect. So traditionally with um, episodic storytelling, the area of effect is small. It, it's stuff that happens to the character or the character and his friends, or maybe something that happens within the, ho the household. With serial storytelling, the effect per episode as it goes becomes larger and larger and larger. Mm. Um, the other thing is the emotional transitions. As I said, characters change within the episode for episodic, but then go back to being who they were by the end of the episode. Mm -hmm. Whereas uh, with a serial storytelling, the character is going through a emotional transition that spans multiple episodes of the series, whatever it is, be, be, it, be it movie or, or, or um, television. And then the last thing, of course, is character memory, which is connected to those first two, which is to say the character in episodic storytelling doesn't really remember what happened to them from episode to episode okay. because they don't change. Whereas in serial storytelling, the character remembers everything that happens to them in each episode. So, <laughs> so I'm thinking of Groundhog Day. So um, total reset back to who they were, but not a, a growth in the process of, of moving moving forward. Peter never learns. No, he doesn't. Peter never, in Family Guy, Peter <laughs> never, ever, and his family never, ever learns. I don't know what's wrong with Lois. I have no idea. There's, why would you say, the only, the only reasonable explanation is for her to be just as crazy as he is, to put, put up with that. Um, but the characters reset every episode. <laughs> Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn, yeah. But even even Harley Quinn now she's oh right she learns yeah, this she is domestic violence learned, yeah. I can't I can't be in this which is good this is this yeah. helps out with with actual female readers and male readers just like this is wrong domestic violence is wrong we can't you know even if they are quote unquote bad and recognize that this is bad so and you don't see the air quotes that I'm doing right. but um yes this is this you know we can't we can't have this makes sense. Yeah, Harley Quinn suffering um, uh, from, psychological yeah, and physical uh, abuse. What is it called? Uh, Stockholm syndrome mm. is, is the medical right that what she, what she suffers from. <sighs> People in that situation, you begin to identify with your yeah. um, your captor. Right. Or your abuser. Oh my goodness. And as you got me thinking about R. Kelly. And, and then before yes, that, yes, I started exactly. thinking about an uh, uh, old friend of mine was talking about getting whippings with this, you know, different yes. different households. But, yep. you know, there's a difference between getting a whooping and then getting abused. But, you know, I, I, I digress. A lot of people are suffering from Stockholm Syndrome, actively <sighs> suffering from it, <sighs> and dealing with their children in the same way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I, man. Sorry, I don't know if this was the podcast that you you tuned in for, but this is the podcast you're going to Hey, you, you, you get a little <laughs> bit of everything. Um, oh, just because with Dwayne, that's right. And that's right. Um, cuz Dwayne Dwayne was doing 
Well, he did the season one of Iron Fist, and if you if you saw my review on it on on the channel, um, and how much I really wanted to love Iron Fist because knowing the history behind the character, it came out during a time where where Bruce Lee, this this legendary figure this icon and then you know shang chi iron fist like okay boom boom all right he's a bad martial artist shut your mouth i'm just talking about iron fist but um he he was supposed to be this guy and he repeated it on more than one occasion throughout the series i never lose i was like oh, oh okay but he's getting his tail handed to him by by uh low-level low-level fighters i i don't want to i don't want to get upset over this again but i like the episode that Dwayne did um i'm not being biased i like the episode that Dwayne did okay all right it's not because i i recognize the the elements that he that he used for that episode uh the game of death which is a hot film it needs to get redone I might just do it. Who knows? If if you you know, you never know. Um, but I didn't I didn't like the execution of the character. I I felt like maybe they wrote it for a younger actor that made sense to me. Um, I remember you mentioning like, oh, he was a kid. And at the time he crash landed in, in in the in the in the snow the the they found him and then from there he was stunted and all he uh, eat drink and sleep the uh, kung fu and then he's back and he's just like he's still that same old kid just um, basically like Lionel from from Thundercats because I remember that episode he was he was a kid and then he grew up into a man's body almost like he man but. Anyway, um, I had I had several problems with the the continuity, the emotional continuity of the character from that standpoint. Mm -hmm. um, first of all, I thought he was too old to begin with, um, to to have crash landed and been affected the way that he was because he was what ten, he was ten when they crashed on the mountain in this story in the, in the Netflix story. He right, was, he was ten or eleven. Um, and so I feel that in order to be indoctrinated in such a way, um, because by 11, 10, 11 years old, you pretty much have your morals from your parents hmm. and you don't know what you're doing yet, but the, those practices have been pretty ingrained, uh, in order to make sense to me for his behavior to make sense in, in the series, i would think that he would have to have been like five or six when he crashed and literally raised by those monks mm. in order to have the kinds of conflicts that they were trying to have him have in, oh, in the series. He's just so naive. Yeah, it, it just, it never, it never, naive is one thing, but not paying attention to the world around you and mm -hmm. not, not receiving the input that you're getting, that would definitely be something that he was taught by the monks, like that's a basic tenet of Eastern religion. And um, <laughs> so a lot of things that he did just didn't make, didn't make sense to right. me character wise. 
And so it was very difficult for me. Um, and I, I, you know, I'm not a fan of Iron Fist. You're a fan of Iron Fist. Yeah, how? So, oh, 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 it's in the, the comic book. The comic book, I just right. like, like, wait, right. I, like, I, I, I never, I no. never said, I never <laughs> but said I, that. I tried to, I tried to give it mm-hmm. a watch for as long as I could. I, I did too. And I got to the episode after the one that, um, oh, you didn't. that Dwayne, I, I finished it later, but. Did you see season two? I watched one episode. Wow, of season two, I I was and I I couldn't. Do I watched it. I watched I both like, seasons. I both. I I tell you this, season two was better than season one. Not enough, and I right? can tell in the first episode. Right, right. That it wasn't like the journey that I was on. Mm-hmm. I I didn't. Not, it, I didn't, it didn't go, go to the west the for you. No. Okay. Um. I I feel, I feel that um. I think I was still in the same mindset that I really wanted it to be better than um, than uh, than what it was, mm-hmm. and I'm just like uh... this. This is the problem, and it's not just you know it's, we're not just bagging on um, Iron Fist per se, but. Part of the issue that I'm that I've seen, and the reason why I I, cre- I uh, developed the system that I have, is that not enough there's not enough development of story, mm-hmm. um, and long term. So if you're building this world, there's a bunch of things that you need in order to make the world real. We know it's fantasy, but we want to have the audience identify with the character, not just the main character, but also the other characters as as well. And so for me, the first um, the first season, I was actually more interested in the supporting characters or the ones that I call foils. I was more interested in their journey than I was in the main character's journey. And that's a problem. Yeah, I would say so. Um... So, so, um, so, uh, okay, let, let's, let, let's, let's move, let's, let's give some, some, uh, some light to, to, to Black Lightning, because oh, we, okay. we spoke about that, and I was, I was smiling earlier about it, um, love the CW shows, I watch it, um, Falling off on this this whole uh, legends, uh, I watched Supergirl. Kind of falling on off of that a little bit because I know what to expect from Supergirl. It's it's basically a a superhero soap opera. Okay, cool, cool. Um, mostly on that Arrow and, and and Flash, but Black Lightning, Black Lightning. It I I feel it speaks to me, um, in more ways than one, and. But what's what's making me feel like like okay for now it's not connected to the rest of the CW shows right and and I remember you mentioning that you would prefer it not to do that yet or or right I did I did say that okay um, I, I have I have said that uh, 
each one of the CW shows, when you're building an extended universe, mm-hmm. you have to be very clear about what that universe, so what that piece brings to the extended universe. Um, we started with Arrow, a very gritty feel, very real world, that very Batman grounded. Too. Batman kind of Frank Miller mm. um, film noir kind of feeling. That's where we started. Then we get the lighthearted Flash that is that is hopeful and always believes in the best in people. There's Superman. There's Superman, right? Well, I wouldn't say that he's the Superman. I would. Well, no, no. It it, it was it, the the balance. You know how you have oh, your Batman. You're right. Your not Batman not Superman. not Superman yeah, himself because they have Superman like, and it's yeah. for the Supergirl show. Um. So there is the the hopefulness, the belief in people, and the belief mm. that. When you bring people together for a common good, you can stop anything. Um, and so, um, and the, the choice of family. So families work, but what are you working? What are you working toward? Then with Supergirl, you have this larger question of who am I within the community? Um, who am I adopted into a community? I have two separate identities, um, and how do I make those? mesh well and what is the what are the conflicts of of having allegiances to do two different communities um with legends of with legends of tomorrow legends tomorrow legends of tomorrow is about uh fit uh misfits right and i and kind of b squad c squad well not just b squad and c squad but these are these are literally characters who Started off in these other un- these other universes. Yeah, that's true. Right, but right. Didn't quite fit the mold in them. So it's kind of a where where do these people belong? So you're an outsider in this world. Yeah. So how do you are are you special? Where where is your family? That uh, um just 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 FYI, I'm not sure if you if you know this, but you you know Brandon Brandon Ralph's character, mm-hmm. the Adam, he was originally supposed to be Blue Beetle. They were supposed to use that character, but they switched to Adam. If I'm not mistaken, he was... And so they pulled that because they I think they were going to do like a Blue Beetle... Um, Booster Gold. A Booster Gold series or mm-hmm. something like that. But, you know, the Blue Beetle, not the one with the, the scarab on the back. Right. Not, the original not Blue Beetle. You're talking about Ted Kord. Right. See, I'm not a Marvel I'm not a Marvel guy, but he, I am a DC guy. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um and so he he was supposed to be on the show, which makes sense because he is also Batman light. Um, in which he he has all the gadgets, the t- it's not right. smart and all this right. and the that. tinkerer scientist. Just not as as uh as brutal as Batman can be on, on crime. Right. Um so I get that, but then going to that Adam and that Iron Man type of uh, situation, which, which was the, the which which they did intentionally. Like, and th- this is the other thing. There's a difference, and we'll cut back to it. Mm-hmm. But when you're creating these characters, or when you see these characters on television, you have to understand that they're not really making it for the fans. They're making it for advertisers. They're trying to bring the ad dollars, mm. and so they're using the characters in order to tell the advertisers that hey this character will bring millions of eyes to this show to where 
we'll write the show so good that people will stay through the commercial breaks and they'll be able to see, you'll get a chance to pitch your product to these people who are watching this show. Interesting. You have you have to really realize that. And it's the, the same thing the for biz- movies. The business, the business in, in within the show. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so it's the reason why you have I'm and I'm not saying that it's it's a bad thing or a good thing. Right, right. There's certain changes that, that they make as far as, for instance, um um Mr. Terrific mm-hmm. in Arrow. Right. Uh he's in Arrow he's gay, but in the in the DC comic books he's not. Right. But there was a, an intentional um plan to include LGBTQ characters. And so this was a way that they Supergirl can have all the fun. Right. Well I mean and but it's still you have to look at it their 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 include inclusion. Yes it's a good thing, Mm -hmm. but you also have to look at the business side of it. That meant that that the companies that wanted to have inclusion as a part of their their branding were able then to by looked at the CW universe and say, hey, we can sell advertising to them because this show is inclusive of LGBTQ It's, it's CW shows is hitting all the marks right. with these, uh, these and, uh, and series. That's, and that's the point because right. they have to have the ad revenue in order to keep going. So just keep that. You you guys got to keep that in mind. If If you want just purely who the characters were, start collecting old comic books. Oh, for the for the purists and all yeah. that, I got. <laughs> um. Okay, so so because uh, with these examples, now now breaking that apart with the episodic serial and all this and that, um, these store unit uh, campaign campaign grids that you that you mentioned before in in your uh, in your teachings, like. For how how is that? For instance, with uh, again, let's let's just go back to uh, Black Lightning. Okay, so the main issue that I'm having with Black Lightning is that nobody knows where it's going. I, I have no idea, and I mean not even just as a writer, but as 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 a fan of the show, because I, I thought that Black Lightning was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And for me, the way that Black Lightning fits into the CW universe. Is that they talk about the larger the effect of community on a, in a larger sense. All of those characters of the storylines have to are dealing with this is something that is happening in our government mm-hmm. that's happening not not with the the federal government like it does in Supergirl, but in our local government. All of these things are happening happening to people, people being experimented on, and it's affecting the communities that we're in that we're from, that these communities are disenfranchised. So the heroes in Black Lightning are the ones that are fighting that kind of, those those kinds of villains. That's how, to me, that's how the show fits you, and says something different than the other CW shows. Okay. Now you, uh, the, okay, you just brought two. Well, one, because the the whole thing is reminding me of, of uh, Smallville with the whole... You know, people with powers, and they're getting it from kryptonite. If anybody watched it, I, yeah. I'm still, I, I I'm haven't sure finished have. yet. Yeah. I haven't finished the series yet. <laughs> I got to go back to it. But also, 
it makes me think of Jon Stewart, Green Lantern, in which his his thing was after he was he was introduced, his whole mindset was more on the people of the community versus how Jordan's uh, un- um, sector, not just sector, right, right, pretty much sector, but but the universal uh galaxy wise like you gotta protect all of this not just not just uh in your solar system not just your planet not just your neighborhood you know like we are supposed to protect this sector and this lantern and we you know if we intersect and this and that but um it made him realize like you just can't be so spread out which like this is your job but not uh forget about the people where you come from and all this and that. So it's like, okay, okay. But what happened in season two is that they got away from that. Mm. Um, and then I don't I don't know where they were going. Uh, among other things, and this is the reason why, well, I, I have two feelings on television series in particular. Um, no television series should last more than five years, in my opinion, because in that five year span, the character grows a lot in that time. And people talk about jumping the shark. And if you look at a lot of series that last beyond five years, after that five years, basically in year five or six, if you want to look at Arrow, characters start doing things that are inconsistent to who they were before. Or they introduce an event that radically, for some reason, radically shifts the character's point of view mm-hmm. so that the so that the story can continue. And that has nothing to do with the audience and everything to do with we've got this cash cow going that that that, <laughs> that um, people are willing to pay ad dollars for. So we need to keep it going. Um, so in my opinion, no show needs to be on television for more than five years. And that is not only um, a thing about always leaving them wanting more, the mm-hmm. audience. But it's also about getting new voices, taking chances on new shows, which is not something that the networks want to do. It's not something that the, the studios want to do as far as films are concerned. We're seeing a lot of remakes and all this other stuff. Um, but there are new stories to be told, familiar stories to be retold, yes, but new stories to be told. And so if, if you don't do that, then you, you, you squelch those opportunities Mm. um but specifically for season two um there's a lot that is going on behind the scenes as well and that also affects the story so um for me you need to have a five-year plan when you have a series and it's not and it's not a big uh the networks are not big on that because they can't then just come in and ask you to change something because an advertiser wants to have X. It's a lot more difficult to do. And so that's the reason why the networks want you to be fast and loose with what your show is about because they want to be able to change it to make it more marketable. And is, is that the reason behind um, what's going on in season two of this? I don't know what the exact reason is. What I have heard, and I'm not an insider, okay. by the way. Let me let me state that. Like I I don't know anybody from the show. I just know from what what has been posted and following the blogs and stuff. There's something going on with the showrunners, personal, in their personal lives um, that may have caused them to be pulled. Um, 
I expect that I think that Greg Bernelli is that his I believe it's Berlanti Berlanti I think Greg Berlanti uh, right now the Black Lightning is being showrun by um, Akilam and um, Maria I think that's their names I'm sorry they have they have a husband wife team right now as as the showrunners the girlfriends people. the girlfriend yeah the the guys the the team that produced girlfriends um they are there's some sort of issue that's happening so i'm expecting to see them step down as showrunners and for the the greg berlanti uh who is the executive producer of all of the cw the other uh, cw dc shows to take over as showrunner for that show as well um so from what I've been seeing, I've seen from the episodes, there's a lot of placeholding that's happening, mm. so that events occur. You have like there was a three character, three episode arc with Jennifer and Painkiller that literally after three episodes, they didn't it didn't go anywhere. Nothing happened. There was no significant change, and it was like, well, what? Why did I get sent through that whole thing if? They it didn't actually you, matter. Wanted you to get the feels and yeah, but I mean, <sighs> and and that's the difference between me. Like I I I get that the show and the CW is not made for my demographic. Mm-hmm. The CW is is made for fourteen and fifteen year olds. It's teeny boppers. Teeny yeah. boppers. Yeah, but it, you can it, do it character growth. Yeah, right. You can do character growth in Flash and Arrow. Like you have all of these things that happen in the other CW shows. So that should be a staple and also in Black Lightning. And if there's something happening, that means that the team, as far as I'm concerned, the team didn't have a five-year plan. Like Arrow had a five-year plan. They had a five-year plan in place. That was the reason why I'm sure that show was so successful was because they knew basically how it was going to end at the end of the five years. They knew where they were going. So that's the reason why I'm a fan of knowing where your character emotionally starts right. and where the character ends emotionally at the end of the at the end of the five years. Interesting. So, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm just thinking about the uh, notes on 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 uh, on everything for, for your um, mm-hmm. episodic serial and all this. Um, you representate. Or, I don't. I don't think we need to go into too much detail in the representation, but representation across the board, stick with, let's say sticking with uh, CW, they have a good um, line of representation. Yeah, they have, they, they pretty much have characters from every walk of life. Like I call them intersections. So mm-hmm. like you and I, all of us, we are part of multiple communities, right? So you have your family, then you have your coworkers, then you have your friends, um, and then maybe you have the bar that you go to on a regular basis where people get to know, like they don't know you other than knowing that you always order a scotch and soda. Like, you know, but those are, those are still community, like those are still relationships. Um, so we're, in, we're all intersections of different communities. We all have different responsibilities to those communities and we get different advantages from that relationship to that community. So the CW has a, a broad spectrum. It's not mm. just about the, the inclusion of the LGBTQ. You also have people who have post-traumatic stress right. disorder. You have people who have uh, 
um, suffer, they suffer from uh, Munchausen disorder or their parents did. Um, you have people who suffered from Stockholm syndrome. Um, so there's, there's a, a fair representation of a lot of individuals who are dealing with communities, various communities um, in, in, in those shows. So, okay, like, I want, okay, let me, let me think about this. There's, for, for, for the people that are listening, let, let's just say, um, I'm this writer, I have, I have all these ideas, and, and all this and that, I want to create this crazy series whether it's on that harry potter that that token that star wars what would you say what what is the uh what was it the uh the outline the outline to the first well the first step is always being sure about what it's about mm -hmm. so i i start with something that i call the guiding principles which is um what is the theme so in one word what is the theme of the world? And then what is the what is the main lesson that you're trying to communicate to your audience? Mm -hmm. You know, um, and then because that crafts everything from there, you, you pick your main character, you pick your main antagonist, um, the 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 action that occurs in it. But you have to start with those things because those are the, the things that will guide every decision that you make. Um, as far as the world is concerned. Looking at the CW and, and you look at Arrow and it's, it's, it's about a man who is trying to, um, to well, it started off as a man that, that, is, that is trying to make his father proud. It's, it, the, if I had to think of Arrow, uh, the theme for Arrow in one word when it first started, it was legacy. So he's trying to go through this list of people and, and that in this book that his father gave him literally passed to him as his legacy and he's trying to save the city. He's trying to save Starling City. So um, the, the message in that is that you are responsible for your legacy, what the legacy that you leave behind. And I think that's the, that's the lesson that um, the show started off with. After about five years, of course, that that wavered because they had to do something new. But um, when you look at theme, when you look at um, message, you have to be very clear about that. Okay, and that would be so. Uh, okay, and that's how you begin the. You begin. the okay, that's how the, the beginning of that. That's how you begin. Okay, so um, what is this? Um... Code, it's the... Uh... Okay, so code is my own terminology, of course. So when you look at an adventure, and so my definition of an adventure is two or more rivalries. So everybody knows what a rivalry, rivalry mm. is. A rivalry is two characters trying to achieve... Naruto and, and Sasuke. A, a go, right, yeah. They're two, they're, they might not be trying to get the same thing, but the thing that they want, they stand in the way of each other in getting it. So I say it's two or more rivalries developed to make a significant change in the life of the protagonist. So you have a character that is trying to get something that will change their life, 
change their circumstances. That's an adventure. So when you look at Star Wars, when you look at Lord of the Rings, when you look you look at all of these adventures, Fellowship of the Fellowship of the Ring, mm-hmm. um, uh, Star Wars: The Original, A New Hope, those are adventures. The first Harry Potter book. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting the name of it, but each of the books is an adventure. The Goblet of Fire. No, the, uh, the Goblet of Fire. The, the Sorcerer. Wow. The Sorcerer's Stone. Is it? There's, there's eight of them. So I, I'm I mean, thinking uh, Full Metal Alchemist right now. Right. Um, but the key thing is, is that each one of those, the character goes through emotional transitions and learns something about themselves, and changes and grows mm-hmm. in order to to achieve it. So that's the adventure. Um, but when you're looking at a campaign, you're looking at a long-term goal for the character. So it's not something that is short like a, a movie or a novel. It's some, some larger goal. So how I, um, when I look at an adventure, I use something that I call code. And code is just basically like an act structure for the action that occurs and what should happen with the character during the course of the action. Code stands for, um, and of course my brain is shutting down. <laughs> uh, code stands for capacity, opportunity, downfall, and evolution. Right. So in the first act of the adventure, you should be showing what the character is possibly capable of. In the second act of the adventure, there should be an opportunity for the character to expand and take the skill set that you showed in the first act and apply it in a new way, a different way. In the third act, in Downfall, the character gets a little too cocky, and so his execution is not as great as he thinks that he is, that mm-hmm. it is, and this is where they meet the antagonist. And so during that second confrontation, the character fails. And so they have to go back, kind of go back to basics and look at who they are and make a new plan based upon accepting their shortcomings and knowing what they need to do. Um, And then the last act is evolution. And this is where the character initiates the plan and goes goes kind of through the the last gambit. And maybe they come up on top. A lot lot of times it's a happy ending. But you have have moral... um, they're called um, um, lessons. They're called uh, morality tales, where the character fails, like okay. like uh, like King Midas, and With the, the Golden gold. Touch, or um, Mephistopheles. Um, Drawing a blank. Sorry, sorry. Um, I, I, the the guy name sounds makes, familiar. The guy, guy that makes a deal with the demon Mephistopheles in order to. To play the guitar? No, no, but that's an example. Okay. That's an example of that. Making a deal with the devil or a pact with the devil in order to do something extraordinary and it doesn't turn out the way that you envisioned it. And for some reason you you don't learn you don't learn the important importance of it. It's called a morality tale or a cautionary tale because when you tell it other people are supposed to oh, I see why what he did what he or she did was bad. I'm not going to do that. So it's so uh, easy. So typically you have happy endings, but it doesn't also always have to. Sometimes, cause, and that's life. Like sometimes it, it takes one or two things. We have to bump our head 
three or four times before we actually get it. <laughs> and that's just that's just real. So it's hard. But capacity, opportunity, downfall, and evolution. Those are the four steps during an adventure that a character must go through. Um, and these are the things that we recognize from, from real life action. So when you're looking at a campaign, mm-hmm. a campaign is a series of consecutive adventures initiated by a group of characters within the, with the goal of shifting the balance of power in the world of the story. So now when you look at, a, a, so an adventure is about one main character, a campaign is about a group of characters. So for instance, the Lord of the Rings. The Lord of the Rings trilogy is not just about Frodo in the ring. It's about Legolas. Um, it's about Aragorn. It's, it's about those group of characters and all of them go through significant emotional changes during the course of that series of mm. adventures. Same thing for Star Wars. Um, Princess Leia, Luke, Han oh. Solo, you know... Lando. Lando. Like, all of the characters go through significant changes. And so that's the difference between an adventure and a campaign. Now, the campaign grid is is a simple grid that I came up with. So, going back to the idea of the quadlogy that we talked right. about. Um, if you have a campaign, you need to have at least four adventures in the campaign. And so, just like within each adventure, you go through that code... So each act in the adventure, you go through capacity, opportunity, um, downfall, and evolution for a singular character. Mm -hmm. When you have a campaign, it's the same thing. So you have four films, for instance. You have four films. And so for each one of those films, also capacity, opportunity, downfall, and evolution for the the protagonist characters, so the group okay. of protagonist characters, not not just the not just from the point of view of the of, main protagonist, but for his team, so the protagonist and what I call foils, right? Um, they go through this kind of evolution or this 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 uh, code, um, and that expands the world because you're constantly introducing. You're not only just dealing with the the main character and his foil, his or her foils, but then they also have foils themselves. They also have communities that they will also touch and get exposed to. If you think about like Harry Potter or, or Star Wars, you know, each movie brings in a different location, brings in a different, a different number of characters, not just your, for your protagonists, but also for your antagonists as well. Okay. So in the first movie we have Vader or actually, uh, General Tarkin is the antagonist in the first movie, not Vader. Vader's a foil in the first movie. Uh, okay. Because General Tarkin is his boss. General Tarkin is telling Vader what to do. Is he? Yep. I, I mean, he 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 when right Vader, under when Vader um, was force choking. What's his name for talking smack about the force? And General Tarkin goes, "Enough, Vader." You think? Do you think General Tarkin did that? Because he General Tarkin wasn't a Sith Lord. 
everybody's obeying the emperor. Right. But General Tarkin at that time was over, had authority over Vader. Uh, okay. People think about, because, I mean, James Earl Jones is is a memorable voice. And when you watch somebody force choke somebody, you know, you, you get excited. You get excited that he's really powerful. But you have to think about it. General Tarkin had authority over Vader in the first movie. That's true. I forgot about that. So Vader didn't act, wasn't actually the, antag- the main antagonist until the second movie. So then Vader went from being a foil to being an antagonist in the movie number two, but he's still not the campaign antagonist. He's still a foil for the Emperor, who was the antagonist for the entire trilogy. Mm. Mm. So it's the Emperor's plans that were motivating all of the movement that opposed Luke's trajectory to becoming a Jedi. Interesting. Okay, okay. So you not only have to work out what your heroes are doing, quote unquote, your protagonists, but you have to work out what your antagonist is doing too. Mm. And this is how you create memorable characters. And a memorable world. Yes. And I was going to mention a, 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 about world, build, world building, but I think that's for a, a, another episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um Okay, okay. Interesting. So, I mean, there, there's so many parts because I'm just thinking, again, uh, being from the from the point of view of, of this writer, and like, I want I want this. So, there's there's more elements, but yeah. this this right here, you're looking when you set out to create a world. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason why doing what I call the guiding principles is so important. Because there's so many ideas that you have. And you have to understand, not all of them are going to be expressed in the story that you come up with. And that, that's the thing. Like what the audience, your audience actually sees, is only going to be a very small portion of what, um, what you already have. Like for me with Upyre, I wrote what we call the omnibus. So I wrote the history of the world of Upyre. It took me three years. We have three comic books. Right. You're not going to get all of the Upyre history in those three comic books. You only get a fraction of what's going on in those three comic books. But in order to make those three comic books, the action sync together in an arc for the coming stuff, for the stuff that's coming and also for the cinematic universe that we've, we've started mm-hmm. with animation and, and film, um, you, I had to know how everything worked. You had to have all those pieces in place first before you could you could make the story. So that regardless of who comes in to write it, everything aligns. We don't have a situation like we do with Star Trek right now, or or with with uh, DC. Yeah, with, with Black <laughs> yeah. Lightning. It start start rebooting stuff. To yeah. The, um. And that, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm talking in, in terms of the, the comics and stuff. Um, uh, but man, okay, so oh, well, oh, okay. The question: How do you feel about episodic and serial TV versus movies? For me, it's all the same thing. So you have episodic television. 
and you have serial television, you also have episodic movies and serial movies. So an example of serial movies, of course, the um, Star Wars. An example of episodic movies, the James Bond Mm. um, movies. Those don't all necessarily share the same continuity. Um, It's totally up to whoever is producing them and which director and screenwriter they, they select. So you have, you have both. I think that there's, there's great storytelling that can be done. Um, one of my favorite episodic adventure or episodic stories, uh, series is like the twilight zone. Each episode is self-contained. That's true. But tells a fantastic story, a fantastic urbane story about the human condition. Hmm. Uh, have you seen Black Mirror? But I, I want to... Yep. Yes, I have. I, I also I, like Black I gotta, Mirror. I got to get back on that. Yeah. Um, okay. I, my, my thing about... My my view on the on the whole uh, episodic in in uh, TV series it it's I I think I I go maybe towards it it goes back and forth because my thing was from Bruce Lee's point of view he he felt that movies create a um, a more grander opportunity to to teach. Okay. Um, but as far as my mindset, I, I, I think I like the anime theme as far as like having the series and then I think the arc and then you have the movie. And so everything aligns unlike the whole Dragon Ball, which wasn't canon, but now is canon. But like you, you have, you like when you hit this movie... Going going in, if you already watched this series, you already have the information going in and knowing what you probably should know, or if you if you wanted to know, mm-hmm. to enjoy the movie even more. Right. So that's something that's a little bit different. So you're you're talking about a transmedia storytelling aspect. Mm. So as with Marvel and DC right now, for instance, they're doing the big transmedia thing. Um, they have more of an episodic transmedia situation going on where the animation and the movies and the television series don't line up. They're all different different continuities, right? Um, but with anime in particular, they have a serial continuity, right? So you watch the television series or the, the animated series and then you get a movie and everything is in line and so you don't there's not a lot of questions um that can be asked and it's it's it that need to be asked because if you've been watching um the series then you know you already know about established relationships and so then they can bring in new characters in order to expand on the world but they get an opportunity to do a long version of it just all together at once for for two hours three hours, depending on how long the movie is, um, and kind of do, do a, a larger a larger initial arc. 
Um, but the thing with the series, television series, or the, the animated, animation or that kind of series, is that you get more of a chance to build towards something. You get more of a chance to to drop breadcrumbs, if you will, and to do little payoffs. My favorite thing about anime is the foil doesn't necessarily remain the foil. Like you get you have your main character and then you have their friends. And so it it'll be the main character's journey for episodes one through eight. And then all of a sudden episodes nine, ten, and eleven are about the, his girlfriend or his best friend. And all of a sudden, we're diving into his best friend's life and seeing uh, the communities that they are a part of almost and like the why who they life. are. Hmm? Like the, the slice of life yeah. uh, episodes. Right. Okay. But okay. they don't just do it for one episode, which is typical in American television. Mm-hmm. They actually go for three episodes and do a complete arc as if the side character was the main character. <laughs> with, with the main character nowhere in sight. And then they come back to the main character. And this is what he was doing at the time. Yeah. Mm. But I think that that's fantastic because... Or she. I mean... She, right. <laughs> but I was you, like, I'm only saying he because I'm a he. Right. But you never get bored. And exploring who that character is, the side character is, makes now the interaction between the side character and the main character. Because you can then almost guess. Like if the, the main character does something that the side character is not cool with, you already know this is how his viewpoint is and how he feels about it. So it makes that relationship better because you get to know those side characters even more. Mm. They did the same thing with um, 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 My Hero Academia. Right. I And I, that's one of my favorite... That's actually yeah. one of my favorite I, um, They just announced for at Momocon that the voice act... Uh, the, the English... Dubbed uh, voice for for Deku will be there. There. I'm sorry, I'm not as excited about that. I, no, I I, I, I I have some I have some uh, some questions for. I, I like. Oh, I because mean, it's you watch because you watch this up. Right. I okay. Just, I, 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 I like. Wait a minute. Why would why would you not be excited I only do about the subs. this? I'm kind of I'm kind of a, I, it, not really a purist. If I was a did, purist, I'd learn Japanese. Oh, I we're, we're <laughs> T and I we're we're working on that. Um. We teach the teach the kids and all that. Um, I I just 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 FYI, I would have to say like I I watch the subs too, but depending on the day and how late it is, my mind does not work well. Depend and depending on the series, like for me to watch it subbed, and I'm like I have to read and I and I, I read slow. I'm 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 a little slow from time to time, and so that doesn't help my situation either. <laughs> well, I mean, I find because I've been ever since I started watching um, the Super Sentai series mm-hmm. um, when I first got to Los Angeles. Um, this has been like almost 15 years now. Oh wow! But um, and I was w- watching the subtitles. I actually started in taking uh, Japanese terms because you know the same terms get used in expression over and over and over again so now i don't unless it's really complex what's going on i don't have to watch the subtitles anymore i can i can look at the body language now and tell what it is like unless i'm getting introduced to a new character or concept but it's just because for the last 15 years i've been watching subtitles interesting okay okay 
Well, we when we get back into uh, learning Japanese, we might need to include you in this so I can have other people to talk to 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 keep it fresh. And then when we go to Japan and 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 shop and experience all that, um, but uh, this has been very insightful. I don't. I'm not. We. I think we gone over time. Just a, maybe just a tad or whatnot. But uh, all good info, nonetheless. Um, I am glad that you came. I'm we, I, I need to have you back on, on on some some other stuff. Like like keep keep spreading the knowledge. But spreading the knowledge for your company. How how do people get in contact with you? How do they reach your company so they can learn and get their stories and stuff off the ground? Okay, so I have a number of I have a website and I also have a YouTube channel. That's probably the easiest ah, thing. Um, the YouTube channel that. actually has videos that I've posted for my entire process. So from start to finish, from developing your guiding principles all the way through to creating the outline for your four act mm. structure for your adventure. Um, it's like 30 videos. On total, your YouTube channel? On my YouTube channel. So gotcha. go to, just type in MJG Story Creation and it'll pull it up. And there's a couple of series on there. Uh, the ones that you want for that is called This is Writing. So it takes you step by step through the process. And then there's another another one called um, In Under Five Minutes. Right. On your IG. On my IG. But it's also on my YouTube channel as well. Oh, okay. So okay. You, can get all of, you can get all of them there. I'm still loading the new ones on there. But uh, I took about a year to create all of those videos. Mm-hmm. Once or twice a week. Oh, don't forget you. You mentioned your book, right? You, you're working on a yeah, book. Yeah, I am. I am actually. I am working on a book. Uh, hopefully, it will be out next year. But I've I've been traveling to different conventions for the last couple right. of years and giving workshops and stuff. So um, I'm going to put it into a workbook. Uh, the entire process, or the the first in a series of workbooks that will help you go step by step and give you writing exercises. In order to, to do things to help those to help it to, to come out. Sweet. Okay. Okay. But stay tuned for that. Yes. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but that that is our show. Um, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next one. Oh, no, I keep saying because I do the YouTube, and I'm right. like, you don't see <laughs> us. I'm doing a podcast. You will hear us. You will hear this voice. On the next episode. <laughs> and anybody who wants to get in touch with me, um, I'm on IG, Twitter, Facebook. You can go to mjgstorycreation at gmail.com. Just type in MJG, Marshall Jason Graham, story creation, singular. So no S. And it will pull up all of my information. You even get my LinkedIn page. And we are out. Take care.